great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just after ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not going to remember any of it. That's good. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other great host of this show, Nick. And Nick, it's uh, just about draft season. Obviously, some other moving pieces around the league. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm doing good. You know, I'm in a situation right now where the sun is shining, the rain has stopped, and we get to think about football, which is great because, you know, even though it's opening day in the baseball world, I, I, I do not care. Opening day in the baseball world. If you're following Dodgers baseball, you saw the Rams Twitter account, their Instagram account post out a lot of support. It's nice to see that the Rams are one of the four major teams. Right, you talked about this in a previous episode. I think it was the last time we talked. Was you just going into a Los Angeles bar, seeing the Rams's logo in affiliation with the Kings, the Lakers, the Dodgers, and that's what it's all about: is, is support city by city, player by player. And uh, yeah, we're in, in great support of the baseball season, but um, obviously, football is always priority here. Yeah, and you know what? It has been a fun football season with the or, sorry basketball season with the Lakers. We had a Interesting Ram season last year. Let's have a fun Dodger season that will propel us into a great Ram season. I'm ready for that. I think um, in order to do that, we have to start this episode by thinking, unfortunately, who needs to be replaced, right? We've talked about this in previous episodes as well, but what truly I think is kind of what got me thinking was what truly are the positions we need to address in the draft to be a sustainable winning franchise over the next two, three, four years, which is what Les needs talking about, what Kevin Demoff is talking about, all of the the news, the reports, the headlines are all gearing towards having a sustainable winning franchise over the next two, three, four years. So there's some positions on the depth chart right now that I feel like have internal backfills currently slotted on the depth chart. But here is what we would prioritize, Nick. We've we've collectively crafted this Rams Brothers big board. I cannot wait to show it all to you guys. But um, before we jump into that too, just looking at players like Leonard Floyd, and I did this based on priority, Nick. So Leonard Floyd having to replace the edge position. You look at the backfills. It's Daniel Hardy, Keir Thomas, Michael Hoyt on the depth chart currently. There's really not much else there at the edge position. Then you look back at guys like Ashawn Robinson, David Edwards, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, right? Interior defense alignment is a position you need to prioritize. I think that's number two behind edge. We've talked about prioritizing edge, interior defense tackle making sure that you're bringing Aaron Donald enough support, the support that he needs to be a sustainable player for the next three to four years. Left guard in David Edward, right? You got rid of him. Currently have penciled in right now is Coleman Shelton. How about right guard, Logan Bruss? So those are really kind of the three priorities, edge, interior, defense alignment, and left guard. And that's kind of how we prioritized our big board. And then after that, you're looking at positions like running back, inside linebacker, backup quarterback, defensive back, kicker, strong safety. Yeah, it's, it's all of that to me. I mean, like, you know, defense, I think, should be a number one right now, just looking at losses across the board. But backup QB is important. Kicker 
I mean, Matt Gay was – it felt like so many times they were lining up to kick like a 50-yarder that he would just drill and be like, all right, great, we got six on the board. So yeah. hopefully we're not in a position where our offense is that lacking. But, I mean, you know, we got some big shoes to fill there. And then John Wolford, it seems like based on the language that McVeigh – um, and Snead have been talking that he is not coming back and Perkins is also probably not coming back. So I think they're realistically looking for somebody there that they could draft or maybe snag in free agency that may play next year. Unfortunately, that is yeah. something that I think we have to be thinking about as fans. Yeah, I mean, he McVeigh groomed John Wolford for years. I mean, is this the year where the Rams go ahead and draft Mr. Irrelevant of the 2023 draft? You know, I could imagine something similar would potentially <clears throat> be in the works if it meant having to, to kind of redevelop a player of John Wolford's caliber, which would be somebody along the lines of a Mr. Irrelevant. So I, I'm in total agreement there. And then you look at things like inside linebacker, you got guys like Ernest Jones, who's going to replace Bobby Wagner, where the mic Traven Howard's a guy you still have to kind of worry about. Is he going to be around? He was on the physically unable to perform list last year. I think he had a non-contact football injury he was dealing with all season. Didn't see the field at all. Next, to your point about running backs, like Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, and maybe Ronnie Rivers. Like, do you remember when Ronnie Rivers, I think it was two or three months ago, made so much money on the slots that nobody ever knew if he would return to football again? <laughs> like that, That's your depth chart right now with running backs. So you kind of have to prioritize a little bit of everything. That's what's, what makes this big board so difficult and is the reason why it's filled up with so many names. So, Nick, yeah. tell me if you agree with this. Tell me if you would move anything around in terms of priority because this is the way I laid it out from one to nine. Edge, number one. Interior defense alignment, number two. Left guard, number three. Running back number four, inside linebacker, number five, backup quarterback, number six, defensive back, number seven, Matt Gay, or I'm sorry, kicker, number eight, and Taylor Rapp, number nine, or safety, strong safety, number nine. So uh, would you move any, any around? I feel like the bottom of my order is a little bit funky. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would move kicker in the four to five range, just because I feel like that's something that you don't want no, to it's just come you down. Can't, you can't draft like him early. That's the fear. Yeah, if, well, if he's I mean, a bona fide guy, if he's the next Greg the Leg, sure. But I, I feel like they never draft anybody that I high. I guess this is a Justin Tucker kind of kid. I'm thinking less of like just straight needs, not drafting, because sure, I like sure. going out and getting a significant kicker in free agency. I don't even know if there are any or how that works, or maybe even getting somebody from the XFL or something like that. Sure. Um, but I just think that that's something that you just really need. Like you can't, you know, you can't just be goofing around with uh, who was the guy in Dallas last year who missed like seven extra points in a row. Oh, his face. I could see his face, but his name is escaping me. It doesn't matter. Clearly, clearly it doesn't matter. And you know what? Those games never came down to a field goal anyway. So it, it, it wasn't really that significant, but I think they did miss one. Brett Maher. Yeah. It was yeah Brett Maher. In that, in that San Francisco game, I think they did miss one. Um, yeah, he missed so many extra points towards the end of the season. It's, so that's what's really difficult. And I think that's the reason why it was so tough to kind of organize and, and prioritize this big board was because, like I mentioned, there's a lot of positions of need. But it's also about like when you have a big board and you're trying to draft best player available, it's not necessarily based on position, right? Because there are so many needs, you don't have to necessarily prioritize position one through nine. You could take whatever player you feel like is number one on your big board at the time of your draft pick, which is the reason why these coaches, these GMs, 
and these teams all create something similar to what it is that we're about to share. So I just feel like there's um, clearly, clearly a lot of vacancies that need to be maneuvered and and filled via the draft. And I think that, um, you know, looking at, at players like defensive back, that was one that we have higher on our big board, maybe accidentally a little bit, just because there's so much talent at that position specifically. There's a couple of running backs that the Rams have already talked to, a couple of edge rushers that always kind of trickle up and filter to the top of the draft because edge is such a highly coveted position. So I, I'm ready for the big board, Nick, the big bird, the big board, whatever it is we want to call it. I'm ready for it if you if you are too. Yeah, I mean, let's break into it because at this point, I you know, I'm not crazy about any direction that I've heard people talk about the Rams. You know, it just seems like that they're tanking this year and they don't know what they're doing. And by the time they draft, no one's going to be great. So I'd rather just dig in, you know, you and I and kind of feel a little better about where we are as an organization. And Nick, I think we will. I think that's kind of the purpose of this exercise is so that we could we could holistically feel better about the direction of the organization. And you bring in 11 brand new names. Like it's an exciting time to be a Rams fan if you're optimistic about the future to me. Yeah, and I'm because optimistic. Of the, because of some of the talent in this draft, you could get, you know, something similar to 2017 where you have five, six starters. You know, you find a John Johnson and a Sansom Ebukam and a Cooper Cup and a Gerald Everett, right? So that's kind of the, the thought process, the methodology, Nick, that you and I kind of instilled into this big board. And um, I'm pretty excited to share it with you guys. So we started with two edge, edge rushers, obviously, because that's what you have to do when Aaron Donald has absolutely no support across the board in terms of edge rushers, interior defensive tackles, et cetera. But there's also a cornerback. Here's no, If we took this player from Georgia, the cornerback, Kelly Ringo, I would be extraordinarily excited with a top pick in, in round two. And then there's Kalia Kansi, you know, Aaron Donald's friend from Pitt, Osiris Torrance, who the Rams just recently met with. There's Darnell Washington from Georgia. So I think, Nick, Everything within this we talked about in this yellow range up at the top is what we indicate as an early second round pick or a late first round pick. So in seeing that, we also laid out if the Rams have met with this player yet or not. Um, and we'll kind of go through them one by one, just kind of based on what it is that we love about these guys and why we think they would be good fits with the Rams. Sound good? Yeah. I mean, you know, I did a little research so hopefully uh you know i i'm not picking people based entirely on their names i i do know there is somebody whose last name is ringo and i would <laughs> buy a jersey um that that was a rams ringo jersey tomorrow so tell me you wouldn't wear number zero ringo kelly yeah. ringo with that zero on his back would be the first jersey that i'd get you and it would be bright yellow. Yeah. Oh, uh, what is what is Nick known from the last three days? Did he talk to his contact? Did he? Oh God. Did he coming up, up later? Coming up next. <laughs> coming up. Coming up next. Uh, obviously, edge rusher. FAU. How about that? For the sake of this conversation, his name is Felix Anudike Uzama. He's such a fun player to watch. He's got a crazy motor. He's extremely versatile in terms of scheme. You can put him in essentially any scheme throughout the entire NFL, and he could probably fit into it. He can set the edge. He's consistently able to beat double teams on tape. He's a uh, pocket power rusher who could bend. He's very bendy. Not as bendy as that was like. He's not Robert Quinn, but he could bend. 
Um, and my only concern with him, Nick, is I know he's kind of rising. He's number one on this big board here. My only concern is, is that he's rising a little bit too highly. He's had a good pro day. He had a good combine. You know, these are all little kind of attributes that tend to push people up a little bit further than they need to be uh, in the draft slot. So to me, that is a little bit of a red flag is that he's rising so quickly. There's another guy, Nick, right below him, who I have in bold. His name is Will McDonald. He's an edge rusher out of Iowa State. I mean, he could go late in the first round, unfortunately, but he's the same kind of deal in terms of a motor, a ridiculous RAS score, which we know the Rams love. We know they love RAS scores. We know they love GPS data, everything else, you know, the three cone, the 10 yard shuttle, all that stuff. Uh, he crushed it at the senior bowl. He crushed it when he, the Rams met with him. NFL scouts were referring to him as freaky. He affiliated himself with Mike Tomlin during the Senior Bowl. Love I just that. like him. Everything that I've watched about him, when I watched him back in college, when I watch him on tape now, he's exactly that. He's a freaky athlete, and he's the kind of player that I would love to see complimenting Aaron Donald. So yeah. those are I my mean, first, anybody that wants to align themselves with Mike Tomlin is somebody that I am interested in. That was my thought process when I saw the picture of them two having a conversation. I saw how how bright-eyed and bushy-tailed he was just to talk to Mike Tomlin. Hey, like I said, could be somebody that Tomlin steals at whatever pick they have in the first round. So yeah. there's I mean, always that I, possibility. I love it. And then should we move on to, to my boy, Ringo? Yeah, move on to your boy. Keely Ringo. I mean, this is probably just because I am going to inherently miss Jalen Ramsey 20 to 5 to gone. Um, but this kid, I mean – I. His size, you can kind of just envision him playing anywhere, even in that kind of like star position. Somebody I'm fearful of becoming like a first-round pick just because of the potential. He had like a crazy combine pro day helping his stock. Uh, it's, but, it's you know, it's definitely one of the most athletic corners in the class, which is why if you're looking to fill a Ramsey, you know, I think this could be your guy. I just like these last two dudes – there's a high chance that he'll be off the board by the time we draft, which is the sad part of this, um, of this top layer of the cake. Yeah. Yeah. The top layer is uh, it's a little finicky, right? That's why I wanted to kind of stack it with as many players as we could, that we would be comfortable taking top at the top of the draft at top of 36. So top of the second round, um, I Kelly Ringo, Nick, to your point, he is huge. Six, two, 225 pounds, and there's two of them. No, he's not a Winklevoss twin, but he is Kelly Ringo. And I think he's going to be big enough to be able to play the star, to be able to play outside. He's athletic enough, and he is kind of that one-to-one -one Jalen Ramsey replacement. Look, they tried to do it four, three, three years ago with Robert Rochelle. They tried to get an RAS score they matched. They tried to get size and speed and attributes that match Jalen Ramsey's caliber of a player. And sometimes that stuff doesn't work out. You don't have it between the ears. And – um you know, you have to move on. That's why I want to be able to find somebody that could compete with with Kendrick, can compete with Durant, can compete with Grant Haley, whoever it is that's a younger defensive back within the Rams' system. Kelly Ringo or Keely Ringo come in and 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 um, and compete immediately. Try to prove to himself that he's the best cornerback within the organization. Um, and then the next guy, Nick. I know you were talking to me a lot about him because there are moments I think flashes on tape where he has a little bit Aaron Donald. Kalijah Cansey. Yeah, Kalijah yeah, Cansey. I mean, Aaron Donald, this is for you. I mean, he barely beat him in the 40. I mean, he's basically your Luigi 
Uh, he had a great interview where he was talking about being a smaller defensive lineman, talked about technique, aggressiveness, block shredding, quickness. Uh, he didn't talk about training with knives, but he was one breath away from that. <laughs> Incredible combine, RAS score, which can be a little misleading sometimes, but in yeah. this case, I think it works. Flashes in ways Donald did in terms of his first steps and ability to shred a block. I mean, this would be somebody that – you would feel immediately better on defense if you have like Aaron Donald and Aaron Donald like two, you know what I mean? And I somebody that would learn under Aaron and would kind of fill a, like a Greg Gaines size hole in our heart, which may not even be that big of a hole if we're being <laughs> honest with ourselves. So maybe we have, you know, a little a punch truck love after that Super Bowl. So yeah, I, there's um, something about the way that he flashes on tape. And it's obviously the affiliation with Pitt. I think it's also that he ran a faster 40 time by, I think, 0.2 seconds than Aaron Donald. A lot of their measurables are the same. A lot of their mindsets are the same. He's an undersized type of player. He talks about that kind of relationship. Um, being an undersized player, other players that he he compares to within press conferences. I can imagine that Aaron Donald, any kind of Pitt affiliation, will make him happier as a person and as a player. And I think that this kid is well worth you investing the top of the second round to go out and get him. So that's yeah, Kalaya. We love Kalaya. If they're in a position where they like, they sense that he's kind of coming down, you know, maybe like a sneaky trade up. I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's on the table, but this is the only guy so far that I think is worth that. Hmm. You might be right. You might, you might be entirely right. I think maybe, maybe Ringo is another guy that somebody trades up for, you know, yeah. somebody that's uh, not as deep. At the defensive back position, I could see somebody drafting somebody like player from Georgia, Bill Belichick, you know, drafting him mid-round and Andy Reid, drafting him late in the first round. Somebody that could be a, a helpful piece to a team that's already almost complete. Um, then there's an, there's Osiris Torrance. And if you're not familiar with Osiris, not to be confused with Billy Ray or Myrie, Miley, the Rams met with him recently. They had dinner with him as reported by Tom Palisro about 10 hours ago. So to me, it's a... Uh, it's one of those surefire things in terms of a starting right guard or a starting left guard. For the next eight to 10 years, you have a player that can take you there. If you take him there, you draft him, you're comfortable with the with the position, with the pick. He has a, a fit, over 1,500 pass sets, zero sacks allowed, and only one pressure allowed in 1,500 career pass sets. So he's an unbelievable pass blocker. I think because of the... Uh, volatility they have at left guard and at right guard, whether it's Logan Brusk going to be starting there at right guard, whether it's going to be Allard Jackson starting at left guard, there's no sure thing there. I think it's a consistent question mark, and it has been for the last couple of years, or for the last year, rather, after we lost Austin Corbett and David Edwards' play started to drop off a little bit, and he ended up getting hurt. So the Logan Bruss pick replacement didn't work out. This could be a good way to salvage it. And then there's a couple of other ways we feel like we could salvage that pick as well later on in the third round. So that's Osiris. If you haven't looked him up, you should. He's a great kid. And he would be uh, another player that we would be lucky if he fell all the way down to the uh, to the early second round. But, you know, could be a player that goes late first. I guess we will see. He's been having great pro days. Everything that has been coming out in terms of, you know, what they're reporting on, everything that he's saying is very much in line with what you would want to recruit towards top of the end, first round pick. Guards are extremely versatile. 
um, when they're that drafted that highly, and he's one of those kids. So, and then there's Darnell Washington, Nick. This is a player that we've been a freaky uh, guy, as pretty they obsessed say. with. Yeah, it's and it's hard not to be. I think in a, alongside with Anthony Richardson, I want to say that the quarterbacks and the tight ends had their combine in the same day. So we were getting like Anthony Richardson and Darnell Washington highlights side by side for three days, which to me is like the the peak of, of being a sports fan. You get to see athleticism at its highest caliber within the, the combine, just guys running around with their, you know, their incredible verticals and everything else that they have to offer within the combine. Darnell Washington is definitely one of those players, 6'6", 250, maybe not as heavy, but he's one of those guys that is just as freaky as um, I'm trying to think of, of Kyle Pitts. I mean, that's probably the best comp. I mean, he would improve your run game. And he's probably a better run blocker than Kyle Pitts is because he's bigger and stronger. He's a, his effectiveness in the red zone would be almost instantaneous. Like yeah. you would see Matthew Stafford relying on him in the red zone very, very frequently. And I wouldn't mind letting Hunter Long stay deep, deep on the depth chart the same way that he was in Miami if it meant running 12 personnel with Tyler Higby and Darnell Washington next year. Nick, yeah, I mean, something to get excited about. Or I like, and this is just kind of hearsay, but maybe Hunter Long and Darnell Washington, you know, no Higby. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is somebody that just is going to stand out. Like if you're watching football on TV, you're like, damn, that guy's huge to be yeah. on offense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would be, yeah, that would be really, really fun to have him. I just hope they don't go offense too early. You know what I mean? I. It seems like everybody when they're doing these big birds um, is having the Rams draft defense, because like we laid out, that's, you know, that's where all the holes are right now. Most of the holes. I mean, they kind of got holes everywhere, but that is, you know, that is definitely the, like the place where you kind of want to fill first. So it can be very aggravating if like the first pick comes, comes around for us in the second round and they go out and they get like, you know, this guy like way too early, which I don't think they will, but I just hope that we're not in, we're not watching them. We're just screaming at our TVs like again with another weapon. Yeah. So, so Nick, we put him sixth in terms of that, the ranking for all the guys that could go early on in the second round for that exact reason. Right. I yeah. think you explained it very perfectly is the fact that they're, they need so much help on defense to, to prioritize offense over defense with the first pick in this draft. I feel like sends the wrong message to the team. Um, Sends the wrong message to the best player in the league. So I feel like he's probably the most unlikely player that we could draft at that spot. But I still just like him because of his upside and potential of what he could add to the Rams' offense. Because also they've alluded to the fact that they're going to focus primarily on offense. And to us, that just means kind of staying put with what it is that they have personnel-wise. But still, it is a very much a sliding scale. All right, we're jumping down into the third round. Those are the six players that we feel like we could potentially get on our big board in the first six picks or the first um, in the, in the second round where we draft and then moving down to the third round, Nick, Cody, probably the ugliest guy in the draft. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just a low blow right there. Just to start with that. <laughs> He's got no teeth. He's got the long red hair. I mean, he is just a sight for sore eyes. You remember funnyjunk.com? Yeah. <laughs> that's the way I know exactly what you're talking about. The picture of that that like scary looking person who is just like the ugliest human ever. I know. I'll send it to you after the episode. Please don't. No, um, no. Cody Mouch. Uh, I mean, regardless of his looks, I mean, George Kittle's not a good looking guy, but no, whatever. He's not. 
Uh, I, this kid, far too versatile to ignore and far too ugly to ignore, apparently. <laughs> I think he's the perfect fit to be whatever the hell the Rams really need him to be. It could be like their redemption pick for missing out on Creed Humphrey a few years ago. Um, it's just a plug-and-play kind of special teams. I like that. Yeah, so. I, I like that. I like him as a as a Creed Humphrey makeup pick. Yeah. Because he's big enough, he's strong enough to play essentially any position on the interior offensive line. He's also big and strong enough to play tackle. So, I mean, he is essentially plug and play, bring him into the building. He's fun. People gravitate toward his personality. When you have a chance, uh, Rams fans, make sure you look him up. You familiarize yourself with him because he could be somebody the Rams get in the third round that you guys are all extraordinarily happy with in terms of a draft pick. I think, you know, the Ram, Brian Wendell, and Cody Mouch are a match made in heaven. The beards, the hair, the teeth, like it's all perfect. And that, that's essentially what I'm trying to envision yeah. as a uh, as a young kid from North Dakota State. You know, these these North Dakota, South Dakota State schools, a couple of players have uh, shown up on our list. But nonetheless, they're good enough players to be able to be on our big board. So there's Cody Mouch. Um, next guy, I have Jaquillen uh, Roy. I, li- I like him against the run, Nick. Jaquillen. I feel like um, – being an interior defensive tackle, and this is all hypothetical. This would be if we miss out on Kalijah Kansi, right? And we have to go for Jacqueline Roy. We have to go for Byron Young from Alabama. So those are guys that I'm kind of keeping my eyes on. But for Jacqueline, he's a guy that I like him against the run. I feel like he's technically sound enough against the run. He can seal the edge. I feel like he's still developing uh, a pass rusher, very much so still developing uh, as a run stopper, rather. I think he's a pretty sound, technically sound pass rusher. Um, I know he likes to manipulate gaps, which to me is screaming out as an Ashawn Robinson replacement. Somebody that likes to manipulate gaps that could play, you know, in the three gap, can play in the one gap, can play the A, whatever he needs to be in, he could absolutely do so. Um, so I have faith in in Jaqueline to be one of those guys that you can kind of plug and play, fill in, be a solid run stopper, although he's still developing, and be technically sound enough as an interior defense lineman to also be able to rush the passer, which is really what you're looking for in an interior defense lineman, somebody that's pass rusher first and run stopper second, although they're both equally important. And then there's Byron Young, Nick. I talked about kind of Jaqueline and Byron. In This uh, would in, be, I mean, one breath. yeah, if you want – to think about like an actual Greg Gaines replacement. I mean, you know, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of the way I feel too with him. Yeah. He's coming off of a career year. Um, so I feel like he's a, a very good prospect. You know, somebody that's coming off of a career year <clears throat> that's had just had his best year, maybe wasn't a highly touted prospect in years prior, but this past year has obviously risen him to greater heights playing in the SEC for Bama. Uh, I like, like you said, he's a good Greg Gaines replacement, right? Like if we're looking to replace Ashawn Robinson and Greg Gaines, you know, guys that Aaron Donald needs to be more comfortable with, Byron Young is one of those guys, not to confuse him with the other Byron Young from Tennessee. But I like him as a Gaines replacement. I feel like he's got a good shot to make a real name for himself in the NFL as a rotational guy. And he uh, he made some nice plays on tape in terms of an interior pass rush chaos creator, which is what I like about interior defense alignment, guys that can create chaos that find themselves in the quarterback's lap. So some upside with him. And then moving on to uh, to Darius Rush, Nick. Yeah. Thoughts on Darius Rush from I mean, South Carolina? I think he's... Like he's right there as the Robert Rochelle replacement, if anything, um, which is just crazy to think that a, a lot of what we're doing is just replacing, uh, not really trying to improve, but just kind You're of kind of like replacing the intention of what a player was supposed to be. Unfortunately, 
Yeah. I mean, but I I think he's an excellent special teamer, uh, but he has like a lot of upside if you kind of want to put him in like some package packages with like similar to kind of like how we had Powell. Um, boundary corner opposite of your number one guy, maybe even be your uh, D-Ron Kendrick replacement. Yeah, could replace I mean, D-Ron. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous athlete like most of these guys. Uh, has press man traits if Raheem's decided to go get the guys up on, yeah, you know, on the line, line of scrimmage. scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what you – like if you want a guy that can press a little bit, like that's what I feel like Darius Rush could be. He's uh, but also like the Rams need some hybrid special teams guys. Play special teams can also play, you know, at a high level defensively. Somebody like a uh, Terrell Burgess with more upside. Somebody like a uh, uh, Kobe Durant who played special teams really, really well last year until he got hurt, right? So you're kind of looking for those kind of players. But I feel like because he's a boundary corner, that's why I feel like he could be a replacement because uh, for Darion Kendrick because somebody opposite of Kobe Durant, like that to me is is opportunity to replace to upgrade and Darion Kendrick is very much not a finished product he could take leaps and bounds to what he was last year but I think it's kind of an opportunity to uh to replace the position because Kendrick went over Rochelle in this past season it was like Robert Rochelle was supposed to be opposite of Jalen Ramsey and what happened Durant Kendrick and no Robert Rochelle so you're you're still looking for that and I think in DJ Turner it's another guy DJ Turner cornerback from Michigan Rams, I don't believe have met with him yet, but I feel like they're in the process of potentially meeting with him very soon. I see him more as a nickel guy, so it could be like your Troy Hill replacement, essentially. Um, he could also play inside and out. Uh, he's not just a nickel corner whatsoever. He's really, really comfortable up close. I think he trusts his own ability to recover, which is really, really important. He's got great hips. As a kid from Michigan, you would expect something like that. David Long, for whatever reason, is in my mind from Michigan, and I have to get him out. Because he's DJ Turner is not is not him is not long whatsoever. Um, I think he could come in and be the most all around talented corner that is on the Rams' roster. Like he's that technically sound. And I feel like he's that ready to be a pro. So I think between Darius Rush and DJ Turner, you should you should have your ears up, have your antennas up in terms of the Rams potentially taking a risk on a corner if they don't get Kelly Ringo in the second round. Yeah, which I don't think that they will. I don't either, but yeah. we, we will see. And you know what? That's why I talked about earlier on the episode, prioritizing the position, right? Because like, is defensive back one of the priorities? I think I listed it seven out of nine positions that it was priority just because we have some personnel there, right? But that doesn't mean that if some of these guys slip, fall further, are still on your big board when it's time for you to pick, doesn't mean you can't bring them into the building. So yeah, kind of best player scenario. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, please, please get defensive players early because I think the defensive talent here outweighs the offensive talent, at least in where we are drafting. Yeah. Like not in the first round, but if you're like the way it usually works is you get like high key offensive guys first, you know, you mix in some really good defensive players here and there. You get a rare Aaron Donald who goes like early in the like top seven, something like that. Um, but mainly, you know, you, you get the flashy guys. So then by the time, you know, you get to the second round, you're really putting in the work. Um, mm -hmm. That's when you start to get upset right now if the Rams just somehow continue to, if they get a running back early, which it, I mean, I, on no board have I seen them even looking for that position. So, yeah, yeah, no, I know, but it's not impossible. And I'll, I'll talk about it here coming up. There's a yeah. couple of guys that they've already met with. So don't be surprised if it does happen. It's just, 
way that they're constructed, even yeah. though it is, if it is considered a mistake widely across the league to the entire fan base, it's still a mistake that they continuously make. Daryl Henderson is the one that just sticks out the most in my mind because he was a second round pick from Memphis. Tough, tough sledding. Another yeah. guy that I feel like fits in real quick with the Darius Rush and DJ Turner ca conversation category is Jalen Jones. He's another player. Jalen Jones is from Texas A&M. Um, I believe the Rams had drafted a player from A&M. Oh, it was Josh Reynolds that they drafted from A&M back in 2017. So I guess a little, fami a little familiarity with the program. Um, but I like him as a player in terms of, I think he's better than people actually give him credit for. He's another guy similar to Ringo, six foot two, ran a really fast three cone, a really fast 10 yard split, which we know the Rams love. He has a great film in the SEC. He's got great size, great explosiveness. I think he could be one of the, um, he could be widely considered to be a steal if he continuously falls into the mid third round. And then there's a couple of other guys. We got two edge rushers and uh, two tight ends to, um, to carve out the remainder of our big board within the top three rounds. So there is, let's see if I could get this name right, Nick, considering he is a, he's a USC kid. I was practicing this in the mirror before we jumped on the episode. Let's see if I could nail it. Tuli Tui Paliotti. That's pretty good. I mean, they don't wear names on the back of the SC jerseys, so. Tui Paliotti. Tui Paliotti. Don't turn yeah. us off, please. Whatever no, you do. I mean, you know, fight on. <laughs> Uh, said chance to play with Aaron Donald would be an absolute blessing, which is great to hear. I agree. I would love to play next to him. Um, Same. In like, you know, backyard football. Uh, yeah, but he led with 13.5 sacks. Uh, it was obviously awesome last year. Can also play edge and kick inside if he has to. Um, the kind of versatility us Rams fans love. Yeah. I, I think uh, Rams fans love that. I think Eric Henderson loves that on the defensive line. Leading the entire FBS with 13.5 sacks is really impressive. Um, he's another guy. I just feel like he's got a ton of power. You kind of want a little bit of that Hawaiian bloodline on your defensive line, whether it's nose tackle, whether it's edge rusher. Those guys are just nasty, and they're great culture guys. Um, and he's been getting really good reviews in terms of how he's been interviewing, um, how his teammates like him. So he's another guy that I, I, I like a lot. Um, Derek Hall's another edge rusher that's on our list. His pro day was really impressive. He went through two full workouts, both at edge and linebacker. Crazy stamina. He's somewhat of an undersized player, but he has some crazy, crazy quickness built in. I believe he goes to Auburn, went to Auburn. Derek Hall, yep, Auburn. So he's um, he's definitely an option at edge rusher. So, the, Nick, this is the good thing, is there's a lot of players that we do like that are within the first two, three rounds that we feel like could help Aaron Donald, whether it's an edge rusher, it's an interior defense alignment. You could also go tight end. You could also go defensive back. But you should be able to prioritize best player available. Um, and I think in doing that, you could also look at guys like Luke Schoonmaker, right? 17th highest RAS score for a tight end, basically of all time, going back to 1987. Like that could be a guy that slips into your hands at 77. He's 6'5", 251. If you're not sold on Darnell Washington, this is a guy you can get a little bit later on in the draft. He's an excellent blocker, has room to grow as a receiver. And I think that's kind of what you're drafting in terms of a tight end prospect to fit your roster. That's what everybody's looking for in terms of a tight end. And then there's Tucker Kraft, another guy, SDSU, could potentially drops, getting Hunter Henry comps. Um, he's big, athletic, problematic to scheme against. He was 38th all-time in RAS scores and has somewhat of an awesome tape from SDSU. That's why they're talking about this tight end class being so crazy. 
because all of these guys scored outrageous athletic uh, scores from the combine. So kind of hard to ignore when the position is so talented. You're trying to find the next, you know, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, whomever it may be that you can kind of convert and be that centerpiece of your offense. So I think there's a lot of really, really good names within the first three rounds. Nick, as we continue to scroll down, and this is all stuff that we'll cover in later episodes as we kind of continue to carve out our um, our big board, but I'm going to go through some of these names here within the fourth and fifth round. I have Yaya Diabli, edge rusher from Louisville. We have Jared Patterson, guard from Notre Dame. Nick, that would be the third straight year that the Rams drafted an, uh, a player from Notre Dame, went Benny Sko, and then last year, remind me who it was. Oh, Kyron. It was Kyron from Notre Dame. Three years in a row, could go Notre Dame. Jordan McFadden is a tackle from Clemson, you know, kind of following the Trayman Akram mindset of bringing in tackles from Clemson. They're swing players. Tank Bigsby, Nick, got a lot of shout outs, a lot of love on uh, on Rams Twitter today. Running back from Auburn, not a guy that has, has met with the Rams yet, but there's a lot of reasons why to like him. Could fall within the fifth round. Nick, there's Israel Abani Kanda. Nick, if you don't like that last name, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but it's another brethren of Pitt, you know, it could be another player that's player that the Rams have already met with. It's a player from Pitt, could fit right in with Kalijah, with Aaron, and uh, and be a good, nice little fit there. They're also looking at guys like Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. They met with him. They also met with Trey Tucker from Cincinnati. They both ran crazy, crazy 40 times. There's Jared Clark from Coastal Carolina, who I like a lot, who could fall into the fifth round. And then, Nick, there's a couple of guys. We also talked about quarterback. We talked about running back also. Um, also kicker, right? There's a couple of other guys within the sixth and seventh round that I feel like could either make it to the seventh, could go undrafted. And I just highlighted a couple names here. Do you mind if I call them out? No. Abani Kanda is one from Pitt. Rams met with him. They also met with Trey Tucker, who I talked about. But Corey Trice is a running back from Purdue. Jim Everett's alma mater. Hmm. Maybe there's a connection. Probably not. MJ Anderson from Iowa State. Definitely not. <laughs> Absolutely. Only a 37-year gap, right? <laughs> Might be bigger than that. Um, MJ Anderson, another guy that the Rams met with from Iowa State. There's Carrington Valentine. Nick, keep your 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 eyes on that. Larry Valentine. No, it's Carrington. Um, he could be a seventh-round pick. It could be a late-round draft pick, but I like him a lot as a player, as a defense back. Late, late in the sixth or seventh round. Jaron Hall, I will not leave this podcast without calling out Jaron Hall. He reminds me so much of Dak Prescott. He's Dak Prescott 2.0. I'll take him in the sixth. Yeah, you know what? I, I think the best way is just develop somebody, like you said, even though I was more Cam Newton backup Ram. You know what I mean? I know, I know you were. Just because for the fun and LA factor of it, like I think that would be pretty cool. And I think Cam Newton's just a little more proven. But I mean, if you look at the Matthew Stafford contract, you probably can't move on from him unless he retires or, you know, 2025 is realistically the time that they could actually like even think of trading him versus Deb cap money. So if you want to get somebody to potentially develop, I don't hate it. Um, but also, you know, let's check out the state of the franchise and let's see, you know, when we get there, but to get somebody young now, so let's say 2025 Stafford is traded or he retires, you can have somebody that is well-equipped and ready to hop in 
for sure. him. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate a little Dak Prescotty man. No, no, me neither. And even if that, you know, even if that player isn't ready to go within the two years of development, it's another opportunity to bring in another veteran, bridge the gap. And if he can't play, can't play. You, you've determined it, but you try to develop somebody. I feel like he, if you look at him, same kind of body type, same kind of throwing motion, same kind, kind of mobility. So that's why I really like Jaron. If we get him in the sixth round, I'll be happy about that. A yeah. um, couple other guys, Jake Hayner from Fresno State. I think Jordan had him in, in her mock draft in the seventh round or the sixth round. Stenson Bennett, back-to-back national championships. <laughs> Wouldn't mind having him on the roster, although I guess he could be somewhat problematic. Um Hunter Lupique from North Dakota State is a guy that I will not leave out because he he just exactly reminds me of Kyle Juszczyk. And I feel like the Rams would, would benefit greatly from having a player like that on their roster. I know they've kind of toyed around with it in, in uh, the past couple of years. I think they kept a fullback on their practice squad. I would like for them to draft one in the seventh round, especially if he could be a contributor to the offense one day. So that's another guy. And then, you know, maybe you go kicker, maybe seventh round, you go Jake Moody from Michigan. So listen, it's all a sliding scale. This is what the big board is. It's a continuous process. This will be something that's continuously refreshed over the next three, four weeks to make sure that it, uh, it ensures accuracy. It ensures the latest Rams meetings with these players. Um, it also ensures that we're up to date and we're providing you guys with good news on all these players the Rams could potentially draft. So about half of these guys on these lists, Nick, are all guys that the Rams have already met with reportedly. They could have met with a handful more. They could have met with everybody that's on our list. We don't know. But as we continue to get the news in terms of who's meeting with the Rams, who isn't, I'll make sure to update the big board. And if anybody wants access to this document, if you do, that's cool. Great. Send me an email. Send us an email, ramsbrotherspod at gmail.com. We'll gladly ship over this document to you. You can I mean, make your own inputs, do whatever you want. Yeah, please. Uh, because I, I know because you can do exactly what I'm going to do during the draft, which is you know sit there on the second day, or maybe the first day, probably the second day. They're kind of similar to how I do work. Sit there, you know, have like a nice little coffee in your hand. Oh, yeah, or beer. Yeah, or beer. I'm just thinking in my work brain. And get to a point where you can kind of start checking people off and you see where these people went. And then, then you kind of feel like you're really part of the process um, as opposed to the last couple of years where I'm just like, who'd they get? Nobody? All right, all right, great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. That, that's because I mean, the draft didn't really matter. This is the first year where it feels like you're kind of going in. I mean, maybe you could argue 2020 when they got Acres and whatnot, but right, right. Even yeah, then, I was like, "Why the heck did we get a running back?" I, just I know. Over and the year that. before we drafted a running back, it's because they were so fearful of having to replace the Todd Todd Gurley vacancy, right? Yeah. When Henderson, yeah. you went Acres in back to back years to try and fill one position. Can't do it. There's only one Todd Gurley. There is. Yeah. So we will uh, continue to bring you guys the news. Nick, to your point, the draft is uh, it's a huge exhale by the time it's done. I'm sure for a lot of top staff members, for a lot of coaches, for players, same, it will be the same for us, but I'm very much looking forward to uh, continuing to build out this big draft board. It's going to be fun. And I when want you guys to be officially? along for the ride with us. For Do you sure. know when it officially is? The draft? Yeah. 27th of April is night one. And then the 28th of April is night two. I think, so I think the Rams are drafting Friday night. That's pretty cool. But let me just yeah. say this. Um, Bet online. 
Live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, XFL, MMA, boxing, tennis, or golf. Head to betonline.ag to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online. That's where the game starts. BLEAV is our promo code. Um, I think they drop the uniform before the draft so they can give the new guy the new uniform. Mm. Have a little pub- publicity moment. Yeah, that's, I'm trying to remember when they dropped the uniform the last time. Wasn't it in affiliation with the schedule drop, which was a couple of weeks later? Yeah, it was. It was like May. They were afraid to do it for the draft. It was too much. Remember, they wanted to hold an open ceremony within SoFi Stadium. There was, <laughs> was too much drama. <laughs> I can't. I can't do that all again. Yeah, just, I mean, just the uniform. jersey. I mean, like we. Up, that's the we have an established bright and loud organization so that i by i'm hearing that that we're getting yellow i hope that we're getting yellow um so yeah I, that 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 would be cool if they bring the new guy on it's like also ringo holding the new yellow rams jersey the first that would yellow be sweet. jersey in the NFL. And the number zero i still have this uh envision of odell coming back taking number zero and being the person who's debuting the new jersey on that'd social. be cool I would like that a lot. Would be great. Would be great. Rams fans, thank you for sticking with us. Before you go anywhere, make sure that you... Like and subscribe. Yes. Appreciate you guys, always. Don't forget. Love you guys. Take care. Thanks for listening. Peace. Go Rams.